0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the fourth and final special Audit Committee Series podcast. My name is Ismail Akhtar, Associate Director for Members in Practice at CPA Canada. And today I'll be speaking with Andrew McDougall about the committee that has been established to chart the future of corporate governance in Canada. Andrew is a senior partner at the law firm of Osler, Hoskin & Harcourt LLP and an expert in corporate governance, executive compensation, and shareholder activism. He's recognized for his corporate governance practice in Best Lawyers in Canada and is a fellow of the American College of Governance Council. Andrew serves on the GTA Chapter Executive of the Institute of Corporate Directors. He is on the advisory board of the Conference Board of Canada's Women on Boards project. He has supported CPA Canada in a number of capacities, including as co-author of CPA Canada Publications on Shareholder Engagement and Stakeholder Engagement, and serves on the advisory board of CPA Canada's Conference for Audit Committees. He is also leading the team at Osler, supporting the committee to chart the future of corporate governance in Canada, which was established this year jointly by the Institute of Corporate Directors and the TMX Group to look at providing updated guidance on corporate governance in Canada. Please join me in welcoming Andrew to this podcast. So, Andrew, let's get started. Can you tell us about your journey into corporate governance and the work being undertaken uh, by this committee to chart the future of corporate governance in Canada?
1: Thank you, Ishmael. I am delighted to speak with you today and uh, provide some insight into the exciting work we are doing with that committee. My journey in corporate governance began as a junior associate at Osler, where I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to work as a staff member in support of the TSX Committee on Corporate Governance that was chaired by my former colleague, Peter Day. The Day Committee, as it became known, was established in 1993 with the ambitious goal of developing corporate governance guidance with a view to helping boards improve their oversight. And as a staff member, I helped organize public consultation events, conducted research on governance initiatives in foreign jurisdictions, and generally supported the work of the committee. That final report of the day committee recommended that TSX issuers be required to disclose their corporate governance practices with reference to the recommendations that were in the report. And that became the template for our comply or explain approach to corporate governance today. A little over five years later in 2001, The Joint Committee on Corporate Governance, which was sponsored by the Toronto Stock Exchange, the Canadian Venture Exchange, and the Canadian Institute of Chartered Accountants, and was chaired by Guillain Saussure, updated and expanded upon the day committee guidance. And in advising boards and management teams over the years, I've seen the impact of the recommendations from those industry-led initiatives and the level of board diligence and director professionalism that they have both engendered. And there's no doubt in my mind that those recommendations helped Canadian boards do better and established Canada as a corporate governance leader worldwide.
0: So, Andrew, that was 2001, now 2020, and we are here with this committee. So, what is so interesting about this committee to chart the future of corporate governance in Canada as we're talking about it?
1: So, you know, I, as you pointed out, it's been a very long time. We're well overdue for an industry-led review of corporate governance. I mean, over a quarter of a century since the Day Committee report and, and almost 20 years since the Associate Committee report. And there's been a lot of change over that period of time. The institutional investor community has grown dramatically. It was largely in its infancy back in, in 1993. Uh, Well-recognized names like the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, the Public Sector Pension Investment Board, the British Columbia Investment Management Corporation, and the Alberta Investment Management Corporation, they didn't even exist back at the time of the day committee. And social media didn't exist. The first text message was just sent in 1992. Google didn't exist. It wasn't even launched until 1998. And on top of that, the issues of technology, diversity, climate change that are resonating with boards today were really not on the agenda. When the day committee was formed in 1993 Canada was just exiting a prolonged economic contraction with many large corporate insolvencies and confidence in the capital markets and the leadership of corporate Canada was at a historic low point and the day committee hoped to rebuild that confidence and increase investment in capital markets and in Canada But the market for capital today is much more complicated with private investment, including private equity investment by institutional investors, providing an alternative to going public and sometimes a preferred alternative compared to accessing our capital markets. And boards and investors today are applying a wider lens to their analysis. Investors are all still looking for a financial return and one that hopefully will beat the market, but they're more interested in how that return is generated. Some retail investors, especially younger generations, are interested in doing good while doing well financially. And institutional investors are looking at the risks to their investment portfolio to better understand the differences between companies that are in the same industry in how those companies manage risks that are relevant to the institutional investors portfolio analysis. So what is important is that board oversight today in Canada is different. And we need new guidance that takes all of these new drivers into consideration.
0: I mean, absolutely, I would agree with you that things have changed a little bit since 1993, <laughs> absolutely. But one thing you mentioned is that this initiative is industry-led. Why is that important?
1: So after the Associate Committee issued its report in 2001, a few years after that, the the corporate governance recommendations were put into securities laws as part of a new securities law requirement. And and that had the benefit that there was now a mechanism for enforcement of the various recommendations that were included. And an enforcement mechanism can be very useful when practices have become so widely acceptable that they're generally applied everywhere. But Aside from adding diversity disclosure and, and board renewal disclosure requirements, there's been very little change in those rules over the decades since. And that's simply because it is a securities law rule. It only really moves into legal requirements when it is so pervasive that it's become acceptable. Corporate governance though has to change in response to the needs of the organization and it evolves over time. And there's a role for industry to assess the issues that corporations face today and recommend tools to help directors address oversight of those issues that may not be universally applicable, but certainly don't need the threat of enforcement action if a corporation chooses a different path. I think that leadership by directors for directors has been missing out of the dialogue and from the governance framework in Canada for the last couple of decades.
0: Oh, Thanks, Andrew. So we have definitely established the importance of this committee. Can you share with us a little bit about what are the committee's plans?
1: Absolutely. So the committee was launched in October, and the co-chairs of the committee are Rahul Barwaj, the president and CEO of the Institute of Corporate Directors, and Cheryl Graydon, the senior VP, global head of legal enterprise risk management, government relations, and corporate secretary of the TMX group. And there are 11 leading directors serving as committee members who represent a broad cross section of industries and geographies, as well as diversity by gender, race, and age. So the the committee has already started its work within an initial consultation process with experts from groups and organizations That have an interest in the governance of Canadian corporations both from within the country as well as internationally. These stakeholder roundtables were held to gather perspectives on the direction corporate governance should take and leveraging the results of these roundtables plus research into international practice and the experiences and common sense of the leading directors who comprise the committee a report with guidance and recommendations for Canadian corporations is being prepared, and a draft of that report is expected to be issued at some point during the winter for public comment. Following receipt of the comments, the committee is expected to release a final report in 2021. Certain of the recommendations of the final report are expected to be incorporated into a comply or explain disclosure requirement from the TMX group. So.
0: Andrew for our listeners here you know especially those that may be participants at the conference for audit committees why is the work of this committee uh relevant to them
1: many of the areas of investigation not surprisingly align with the topics that are being discussed at this conference so for example one of the sessions at the conference is on non-financial disclosure and disclosure of environmental and social matters is an important element of corporate governance that has never been looked at previously in Canada, uh, but is of great interest to investors uh, as well as other stakeholders that have an interest in the corporation. Human capital clearly is a, is a fundamental uh, issue for Canada these days as we're, we're all isolated and, and still trying to work out how we're going to operate. Again, another topic that the committee is looking at and of course, diversity goes with that and is another session, as well as stakeholder activism and risk management. All of these are, are areas that are top of mind for directors and are top of mind for the committee. And you know, the committee's work will not have all the answers to the questions that directors and attendees at the conference will be asking, but the report will provide some authoritative guidance from leading directors that should help boards focus on the issues that matter to their organization and should provide some guideposts that will help boards address those issues.
0: And we could all use some help here, uh, Andrew. So, well, that concludes our podcast today. Andrew, I want to thank you for being uh, a guest today and sharing a few very important details about the work that is being done to provide updated guidance on corporate governance. And we thank you for listening to this special podcast. So for more resources on audit committees, I encourage you to visit our website, www.cpacanada.ca and do join us at this year's virtual conference for audit committees taking place on December 8th and 9th. Thank you.